Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Maeve Marsden, and you're listening to Queer Stories. This week, Cadence Bell is an emerging writer, producer, and director. She's the CEO and co-founder of production company Wayflare Studios, where she unmakes prejudice through entertainment. Katie was the writer-director of The Rainbow Passage, commissioned by Screen Australia and Network 10, and the award-winning comedy horror short Mirror Spider. Katie very much likes burritos and short walks to the fridge, and she documents her shenanigans at imisspockets.com. Cadence performed this story as part of Antidote Festival at the Sydney Opera House in November 2020. Ghostly gums huddled on the rise. A pair of rosellas fled Skylawn in a flummox of jam, red and green. Across the golden plains, wild grasses rippled as a giddy wind tussled their stalks. Dad was chopping a log nearby. My brothers were out gathering melons. The back of the ute was filled with paddy melons we'd plucked from the field. If you don't know what they are, paddy melons are like a, a small wild melon, sometimes known as a gooseberry cucumber. But don't be fooled into eating one. They taste like an unripe testicle. <laughs> we used them for Paddy Splatty. It was a vehicle safety game of sorts in which the people riding in the tray of the ute hurled them over the front like a trebuchet and into the driver's path. Now, there was two ways to score in this game. The first one was to run the fucking things over and watch them explode or to toss some silly bastard out the back with your wild driving. <laughs> the latter got you the most points. <laughs> this is what it's like growing up in Mudgee. <laughs> so growing up there in rural Mudgee, I'd known how to drive since I was an embryo. But I was 13 now, I was a teenager, and my body had begun to be betray me. Puberty was setting in, and it was wreaking masculine havoc. I did what was expected of me, and I leaned into the savage testosterone which cursed my veins. It was easier for me to be the son that my parents wanted. I wanted to impress them, and so I did the boy thing. And I never felt closer to my father than when I was killing things in his wake. Suddenly, something ran past the ute. It was a little white ball of fur, Christ, did you see that? Dad said. Was it a rabbit? Don't know, he said, skulking after it. He hopped a fence and bent to look under an old corrugated sheep shelter. Cloud shadow inked across the dusty ground, shifting Dad from light to muted and back again. He crouched, studying into the void. Get the guns, get the guns. What, what is it? It's a cat. It's a feral cat. He remained crouched, staring it down, keeping it cornered. I fetched a pair of brown 22 rifles from the cab, took them from their holsters. I grabbed a box of bullets. 
They jangled in my clutch. I kept the rifles aimed at the ground as I carried them, as Dad had taught me. Never fire above a ridge, never fire across a road, always point your gun at the dirt. I passed out a rifle over the fence. He put a bullet in the chamber and he cocked it. Where is it? Up in the back corner, he said, never taking his eye off it. I think there's more than one. They're just cats. No, they're feral cats, mate. They kill the native animals. We could take them home. Your mother would murder me if you brought another bloody cat home. And besides, you can't keep these. They're pests. But do we have to kill them? It's the law. If you have a gun in the bush and you come across a feral cat, you have to shoot it. There was a scratching sound at the back of the sheep pen. Suddenly a white ball escaped beneath the tin and took off into the gums. Christ, one of them's broken away. Quick, you go after that one, I'll go after the, the mother. The mother? Go, mate, go on, fuck you, go. I ran. The rifle stayed pointed downward, swinging with the rhythm of my stride. Cloud shadow enveloped the steep and plunged my path into gloom, and ahead of me I saw it. It was baffled, unsure of which way to run. It turned towards the edge of the trees, it changed its mind. It ran back and it jumped onto a trunk. It was tiny. It was no bigger than a can of Coke. It was so soft, this ball of white fluff, marbled in grey patches and chalked with red dust. It clung to the trunk of the tree, desperately scrambling upwards, its tiny paws imbecilic to its pursuit. I caught up to it. It reached its zenith, it had gone as far as it could. It was level with my chest. It looked back and around and it meowed, crying, frozen and stuck. The sun came back out and the kitten squinted against the glare. In the distance I heard Dad's rifle snap. The sound bounced around the valley strong. A startled flock of cockatoos took off screeching their protest. I loaded the chamber. I raised the rifle. I placed the muzzle to the back of its tiny, fluffy head. I walked back to the ute, rifle in arm, a master of life and death, the muzzle was pointed to the ground. My eyes were pointed to the ground. Dad was sitting in the cab, his ear cocked, scanning the radio. It fitted and fizzled between grainy voices. I put my arm on the roof with a heavy thwomp. I leaned in the window. Dad shushed me. He was focused on the radio. I looked around for the signs of his work but found none. His rifle was sheathed in the back seat. What are you sh... Listen. He landed on a clear signal. A voice sounded out. Despite their best efforts, the surgeons were unable to save her. The vehicle, a Mercedes, struck a support column in the tunnel. Police described the damage as catastrophic. Who are they talking about? Dad responded slowly, seeming to find each word antagonistic to the last. It's Princess Diana. 
I caught the briefest flash, just the briefest flash of grief in the corner of his gaze before he looked away from me. And for a relenting moment, he appeared lost. We were silent. Atop the hill near the ghostly gums, the undulating cloud shadow swept across the dash as radio poured gossip onto the afternoon. Three months later, we sat on the floor of my brother's bedroom, my two brothers, mum and I. In the corner of the Mew, the room was Mew, her belly enlarged. Mew was a bitch of a cat. She was like the love child of Ellen Ripley and Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> if rarely she graced you by jumping up onto your lap, by no means were you to touch her. You were simply a chair. But something strange can happen to a house cat when she's pregnant. For months, Mui's resolve had softened. She craved affection and warm pats. She was brimming with oxytocin, so lovely that you could have bottled her snot and sold it as MDMA. <laughs> she wanted us there that day. She'd waited. As the first kitten pressed out of her body, I was filled with awe. This tiny, saggy little thing with shuttered eyes and gasping more. Another, another, a litter. We oohed and aahed, and I gave myself a brief parole from my fettered masculinity, and I wept. My mum helped the kittens find their mum's belly, and they nestled in to suck. My mind wandered back to that day in the paddock, as it still often does. I remind myself of the love I have for cats, of how many of them our family has owned over the years, each one of them strange and greatly different, like Brush. He was a cat who could talk. Having picked up on the attention our childish cries would garner, he had learned to scream, Mom, down the hallway. <laughs> or KK, the licky cat who thought he was a dog, or Smokey, the sheddy chinchilla who had affection only for me. I waxed the angles. I was told to do it. It was expected of me. It was the law. I tell myself that every year in Australia, over a quarter of a billion native birds are killed by feral cats. And during a La Nina, as it is this year, that increases to over 700 million. These are the stats that I tell myself to balance that thing I did. The kittens grew as kittens do and Mew buggered off for good. Having deposited a litter of bobbies for us to raise in her stead, she was adopted by our neighbour Mary in the block behind us. For reasons known only to her catty mind, she adored Mary. Mary would chuck her up on her shoulder and carry her around like a baby. Occasionally we would find Mew sitting on our back fence, glaring back at us with contempt, showing her claws like switchblades. <laughs> I wandered down into the backyard. My teenage body was heavy upon me now. It cocooned me in a rough, vinegarish trap. I had hair in all the wrong places. I'd come to loathe the cracking baritone of my voice. And I couldn't go swimming without a shirt. Something felt wrong about exposing my chest. Samson followed me down into the yard. A tenacious ginger and white thing. He lifted his tiny paws up high with every step. 
He was still coming to terms with that sharp feeling upon his pads of spiky grass near taller than he. I lay down on the lawn and he caught up to me. With a struggle, he climbed up onto my flat chest. What are you doing, mate? I said, because you have to ask a pet what it's doing when you know what it's doing. It's some kind of a rule. <laughs> he closed his eyes, his little frame rising and falling with my breath. I looked up to the slow drifting clouds, a pair of grass parrots shot across the mudgy sky. Samson purred upon me, a tiny rumble pack against the cadence of my beating heart. Thanks for listening. Please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. Follow Queer Stories on Facebook for updates and me, Maeve Marsden, on Twitter and Instagram. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.